Well, hello and welcome to A Mentor Loop Moments. My name is Heidi Holmes. I'm co-founder and CEO of Mentor Loop. We're a platform that helps organizations build a culture of mentoring for their people or communities. Uh, so today I'm going to be having a moment with Nick Meta. Nick is the CEO of Gainsight, the customer success company. A five-time Forms Cloud 100 recipient, he works with a team of 800 people who together have created the customer success category that's currently taking over the SaaS business model world. Um, Nick has been named one of the top SaaS CEOs by the Software Report three years in a row and one of the top CEOs by Comparably in 2018. We'll be discussing how Nick has navigated his career over the years, the future of work in a post-COVID world, and the role mentoring has to play across these themes. Nick, welcome, and thank you for having a moment with me today on your walk. <laughs> I know, Heidi, it's so great to be here, and so for everyone watching, appreciate you joining this conversation. And yes, I'm on a walk in Palo Alto, California, so trying to stay healthy myself while we do this. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so here we are. I'm, I'm in, in lockdown in Melbourne, Australia, and you're out walking. So hopefully, I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm, rub, I'm rubbing it in. That's not fair, but yeah, feel feeling for you. Can't wait. Can't wait for you to be able to go anywhere you want again someday soon. Yeah, yeah, someday yeah. soon. It, it's coming. It's coming. So look, let's jump straight into it. I wanted to to run through a few questions today, just uh, you know, to to deep dive in. I guess to your career to date. Um, yep. And obviously, you know you know, sort of interweaving mentoring into that, um, both at an individual level and, you know, as a role of CEO um, of a global tech company, Gainsight. So, you know, when I look through your LinkedIn history, you've had a fascinating career, you know, from founder, such as Time and VC land, to now, you know, obviously CEO of a global tech company. So when you think about how your career has progressed over the years, I mean, was it that you had a plan in place from the start? And, and, you know, were you always destined to be a leader? I definitely don't believe in destiny. Uh, I think anyone can be a leader and it's, it, I believe in growth mindset for sure. Um, but um, did I always want to do it? Well, I think there's actually, it's interesting enough, Heidi, um, somehow, I, I, you know, 25 years later, somehow I still have in my Dropbox, the essay I wrote to apply to college in 1993. A long time ago. Most people, many of you watching weren't born then. And, and, and actually in that essay, I said I was going to be like, the, the essay was about what would you be 20 years from college? What do you want to be doing? And it was basically about me running a company. Uh, so running a company, I guess, was what I wanted to do, uh, at least as, as per that essay. Now, the company I was said I was going to run was this biotech company that was going to cure all world disease, typical oh, wow. enti entitled <laughs> high schooler thinking I was so much better. I didn't think I was going to be running an enterprise software company. I don't think I knew what enterprise software was at 17 <laughs> years old, but um, I guess I did want to, run, to be in business. You know, the, 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 the true part of that is, you know, my, my dad was a, an entrepreneur. He, he never had anything big. He ran some small companies, but I kind of grew up around small business. And, you know, I think I just sort of probably got into it that way. And, and I guess when you think about your, your pathway, you know, especially, you know, starting as a founder and 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 going through now to you know ceo of um well you're ceo as a founder you know you're ceo coo you're every c when you're a founder yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how totally. would you des describe yourself as a leader now um and and what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in becoming that better version of yourself as, you, as you've grown into that role yeah it's interesting it's funny because if i describe myself as a leader now 
and I took that comment you made better version of yourself. I actually would say for me, not necessarily better version of myself, but rather truer version of myself. So if you said, what's next leadership style or whatever, the core of it is just literally having a lot of confidence in who I am and what I am and just being completely comfortable being that and sharing that with the world and not having hiding it at all, being totally open to being vulnerable. But by the way, all the things that are, you know, good and some of the things are challenging and, and like being able to talk to anyone about it. So this like confidence in who I am and my style and not seeing I need to be somebody else. Right. So that's something that I think all of us end up trying to find. Now within that, what, what are the attributes? Well, you ask people that know me, they'd say high energy and passionate and, you know, big into communications, very positive, whatever. Like there's a, a lot of things, but all of those kind of touch on some core of like, finding who I am, not trying to be better. Like I actually don't believe in that. Like there's no better. It's just like, I know who I am. And I, I'm, I hopefully can have for, be fortunate enough to have jobs where who I am is valuable to that job. Right. And so I think I've figured out who I am. But inevitably, I guess that continuous learning piece has to come into it. Totally. In, totally. In, in, in developing. I mean, you know, what do you, what do you do how do you keep yourself accountable around um, that that personal development piece? Well, yeah, I mean, so they, within that, like who I am doesn't have to be the same every day. I mean, you're you're totally right, Heidi. Like, it's not like that's a static thing. In fact, uh, just as a trivial thing, like I used to be like the worst dressed person <laughs> in the room, and now I like spend a lot, I'll spend a lot of time on fashion, right? Like I, I, um, you know, I, 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 so there's a lot of things that have changed about me. Um, one of the ways I think about that from a work perspective is that I, um, I think about what the company needs right now. And like, in my case, the CEO job description, write the CEO job description. I wrote a blog post, uh, like a couple years ago, that was pretty popular called attention CEOs fire yourself. And the idea was once a year, every quarter, however often you want to do it, imagine firing yourself, writing a job description for what the company needs then and hiring that CEO. And then hopefully you can be that CEO or be that leader, right? Same thing apply for any job. And so for me, how's that played out? Well, you know, over time, I had to get better at like coaching executives versus doing things myself. I'm sure Heidi, you can relate to that or um, get better at long-term strategy versus just executing on what's there today, um, being more thoughtful about decision-making, including more people in the process. These are things you just learn. And so I have like right now, as an example, I have to figure out how to be a CEO of a company that has lots of different product lines versus we're just in one business. Cause we actually sell like customer success teams and product teams and we have a bunch of different things we do. And so I have to learn, I have to be that CEO. And so I talked to a lot of CEOs and say, how do you do these things? I actually met a CEO uh, at a conference just two days ago and just like, like learned his whole model. Like how does he run yeah. it? How does he decide who works on what, right? So one of the things I try to do is I really try to learn from every single person I meet it yeah. doesn't matter, by the way, if they're a super experienced CEO or their first time. Yeah, and I guess, you know, um, we'll get to this a little bit later, but that's definitely that peer mentoring piece that that's coming totally. into play there. And, you know, there's such huge value in that where you can talk to someone that's just, you know, in the trenches like you and going through some yeah. of the same experiences, you know, that can really be invaluable, that advice. Right, exactly. 
So um, changing tack here a little bit and, and taking it a, a little bit higher level, um, you know, addressing the elephant in the room. And I don't know if we're in, in a post-COVID world yet or we're still in no, a COVID no. world, but... <laughs> no, still in it, still in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much still in it. Um, but, you know, I think even pre-COVID, we heard a lot about, you know, uh, the future of work and what is this going to look like? And, yeah. you know, the future of work is the future of work that... Um, and we're, we're hearing even more about the future of work now, you know, because everyone's in kind of this bit of a limbo land. Some people are, are back in the office. Some people are still working remote. We've got large, you know, tech giants like Atlassian coming out going, you know, we're remote first now. Um, and we, we've got some people sort of grappling, you know, in the middle as well, you know, within this um, sort of trying to yeah. force people, you know, back as well, but a couple of days from home or whatever. And we're going to set on some sort of hybrid approach here, I think, um, for the majority of companies. I'm just keen, like, it's a big topic, but, you know, how do you think about this just, you know, I guess in the immediate short term and how you're navigating it um, and, and what you think, you know, the future of work could look like for, the, for your people at Gainsight? Yeah, totally. And I think that's the right answer because I can't say what the future of all work is. And there's going to be just like the present of work. There's many different kinds of work, right? Like there's people that work in offices, they work in stores, they work at home. You know, I think there'll always be some mix. Um, but for our company, I think one of the things I we actually I was talking about this at, at the same conference I alluded to before, where um, I do think each company has a potentially unique kind of ideal employee profile. You, you might have heard the term ideal customer profile, right? Yeah. That's like who you target. I think there's a similar thing of ideal employee profile. What employee is the type of employee that would be uniquely um, happy and, and successful in your company? And so I think that like a Gainsight story is that when we started, like we were actually distributed from the beginning. So we had people in India, people in the US throughout. And so we basically have always been very distributed. And one of the challenges there is obviously there's a lot of communication overhead and a lot of video meetings and you know time zones and all the things that you know all about. And then the upside is um, even before the pandemic, we were a very flexible company. Need to go take time off to go see your kids recital? No problem. Want to you know spend the day with your spouse and catch up later? No, totally fine, right? And yeah. so we basically have leaned into that hardcore. I believe that like one of the really unique things Gainsight can do is be like one of the most flexible employers in the world because we're we're essentially saying you can work wherever you want permanently. Um, we'll probably have a few offices because there's some places people want to work in, in the in the office. But for me, I'm going to work from home uh, forever. Um, yeah. For the, you know, and so and that means all the meetings will be virtual and all that. And the advantage is that people on a walk, exactly. And the advantage is, and it's funny. I, even this walking thing, I tell them everyone, hey, take walks, do do calls while walking. Like I publish my step count every day to the company, so they know that I'm taking care of myself too. When I go take time off because my kid has a birthday party, I tell everyone about that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that for us, our ideal employee profile is probably people that really value flexibility in like their whole life, right? But our ideal employee profile might not be somebody who wants, is really early in their career, wants to be in an office with the energy of like 500 other people. That's a, that's a valid profile too. That's probably not going to be us. And we'll never be us. Like we'll never be great at that. And so yeah. I do think there's some element of like, what can you... What employee population can you be awesome for? Yeah. And not trying to be something for everyone, but be great for a certain type of, you know, for people looking for a certain type of company. 
Yeah, it's interesting actually you say that and, and you reference the the younger, you know, um, employee looking for that, you know, that um, in-world experience of the office. Yes. And, you know, I think that's, that's actually something we've seen, um, you know, in organisations coming to us, you know, I, I think mentoring is often being seen as a bit of a nice to have or it's something that's only right. relevant for high potentials. But they're in this limbo land of this, you know, remote hybrid world. Some of their employees, you know, they could be younger employees, but, you know, a mid-career as well. You know, a lot of people are going through uh, a period where they're, you know, remotely onboarding people and they've never done this yeah. before. Um, and so, you know, you've got tools like Zoom and Teams to, you know, communicate, but people are almost becoming more siloed in a sense in that they're, they're communicating you know, with their teams, how do you how do you interact and meet with people outside um, your team? Essentially, how do you have those water cooler moments remotely? Um, you know, that's where we're starting to see mentoring come back as a way, you yes. know, kind of as, as an initiative that. to drive some of these connections outside of outside of you know your your specific team. Um, so I guess you know when you think about yourself in working. Um, from home and, and I guess Scans that sort of leading with that remote first mentality. You know, what are some of the initiatives you're doing internally as well to help create that sense of connection um, across across teams? Yeah, first of all, the, you, Heidi, you're totally right. And that connection is the operative word for sure. Because I think that is the one thing you lose when you don't sort of just see people in person and you have to find ways to do it. And by the way, like uh, I love seeing people in person, right? I mean, it's awesome. Like I would love to meet you in person, right? But you know, Sometimes the circumstance doesn't allow it. And there's, you know, it's a trade-off, right? And yeah. so um, I, I don't I don't love being on the road every week. <laughs> you know, that's like, a, there's two sides to everything. And so yeah, I think that there's, there's ways you can create connection that are never going to be the same, but they can still be very special, right? And so that's one of the big things I believe is you, remote's never going to be the same as in person, but it doesn't have to. It just needs yeah. to be good for certain kinds of people. So for me, um, one thing is in your company event um, really focus on connection and so we were just talking about like for our all hands like the only purpose is connection because you know everything else the communication of information what's happening at venture loop or gainsight people find out about that 24 7 there's slack there's you know email yeah. whatever you're doing right so point in like wasting much time on on actually like just communicating information and so, for example, you know, we've, we've had, like, our hands, we've had this awesome DJ come in, right? And the DJ comes in and puts on different, he's like a great DJ, by the way. His name is DJ Schematic. He's so good. And he puts <laughs> on all these, like, awesome songs and people on the, on the Zoom chat are, like, having a lot of fun, right? And every meeting that we do at Gainsight, we have an icebreaker. Every single one, you know, what, what song is in your head right now? What's your childhood dream? What's your favorite memory from summer? Every meeting has an icebreaker. And people do it in Zoom chat, right? And so there's different ways to drive connection. I love the peer-to-peer -peer mentoring idea. And like, I love what you guys do. And by the way, we at Gainsight use MentorLoop for our community, um, which we can talk more about separately. Um, so well, I love that idea. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's probably a nice segue because I was going to bring that up. So we're obviously working with you to support um, CS uh, Gainsight Community yeah. Yeah. Mentoring Program. And, you know, it's funny because we're actually, again, seeing more and more companies sort of come to us and, and thinking about mentoring, not just as an internal sort of tool to create totally. connection and connectivity, but as part of their social impact strategy. 
Um, so yeah, I was wondering if you could just talk through a little bit more about the Gainsight CS Ops um, mentor program and, and what sort of drove that initi initiative from your, your side. Yeah, totally. And let me say overall, my philosophy, like in general, is like today, most companies think of their company and their customers and kind of community as different things. I believe that concept is gone in the future. It's gone. Yeah. Be, it's all one thing. It's all just human beings, right? And actually, yeah. uh, you know, you might, you might have already experienced this. At our size, Heidi, we have, you know, customers that have been, that became employees and employees that became customers and like everything, every permutation, right? So to say it starts and stops here, it doesn't make any sense. So we've always been a very community oriented company. And when we started, uh, we created this community for the customer success profession called Pulse. And that was, you know, the big, big thing was this big conference that we do in person every year. Um, and then obviously lots of other events. And, and what we found was, okay, the, those events are kind of like the office where they just naturally, there's a lot of, you know, community building that happens in person and it's great, right? It's really cool. And water cooler talk, as you said, right at the bar or whatever. But, um, you know, how do you replicate some of that online and how do you say, create that serendipity? And we had a specific role within customer success called customer success operations. It's kind of like the new part of customer success. If you are familiar, if you're watching from sales has sales operations to help you scale sales. This is the same thing for customer success. Everyone's hiring customer success operations people, but they're all kind of new to the job. And so for a lot of them, they're like, well, what's my job supposed to be like? And you know, one of the big things in community is people just want to feel less lonely. And they want to yeah. meet people like them and they feel like they're not the only ones going through this. And what I love about MentorLoop is it's, I've talked to so many of our people in our community that have used MentorLoop now to be paired up with a CS operations person that's a little further along in the journey. And they love it. They love it. And by the way, the people that are further along in the journey love being the mentor as well. I'm sure you hear this all the time, right? It's a two-way, it gives both people benefit, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, that's kind of this, old world view of mentoring that you know for a mentor it's just about this altruistic view that it's about giving back and you know uh, feeling good about yourself but it's way more than that like I always have this moment when I'm playing that role of mentor that you know I'm giving you know a piece of advice or some guidance and I think oh you know I need to go and do that you know thing why aren't I doing that like that's I had that Heidi literally today I had like an hour ago CEO was asking me like my, his big, he's a smaller company. He said, what are your biggest learnings from like, you know, when we were much smaller and, and then I rattled off a list of things, including three or four things I still haven't done yet. So I really, I was like, I really need to do these now. So yeah, you're totally right. I, I learned just as much as I get from any conversation. It doesn't even matter how experienced the person is. I meet some CEOs who are running tiny, tiny startups and I learned tons of them, right? And so I think that like one of our values at Gainsight is um, shoshin, which is the Japanese word for beginner's mind. And so beginner's mind, you know, the idea that we all can learn the most if we adopt the mindset of a beginner, right? Because beginner's mind, the possibilities are endless, right? So we love that. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, it sort of aligns back to, you know, a sentiment we have at Mentolo that no one is, is self-made. Like there's always a support act involved and, and you know, you're never, you never totally. stop learning. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I guess just on a personal level, then like, if you think about over the years, you know, we've, we've had a chat about some peer mentors, I mean, but, you know, in terms of mentoring for you at a personal level, um, you know, who have been some of the most impactful mentors that you've connected with over the years? That's very interesting. Cause you know, the term mentor has two different definitions, like you alluded to, right. And, and whenever I hear the term outside of your company, I have that old school definition, which is, oh, that one person that's the super wise person that's telling you everything and passing on to the next generation. 
And I never had that. Like I never had one person. Um, I kind of say I'm like a student of the world. I want to be mentored by everyone. And so yeah. if I go through some people that specifically have helped me, Jeremy Burton was, I was at a, a software company called Veritas. I was a product manager. Jeremy was the president of the company. And, um, you know, he was incredible at taking technical complex ideas and making them exciting, like in terms of marketing. Um, and I learned so much from him. There's a guy named Mike Spizer, who was a, another one of boss of mine. And he was a you know director of product management or something. And he's now a big, big time venture capitalist. And he just talked, talked to me so much about ambition and going for big ideas. You know, I've, I've like, I mean, I've learned so much from so many different people. Um, and so this idea of like, everyone can be a mentor and everyone can be mentored. Um, that's why I like what you do, because it's like not this thing where you just do it once and there's one person, you know, you want to be able to have access to everyone. So. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's it. We have the kind of this uh, slide that we use, which is this picture of, you know, um, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook and, and Steve Jobs, you know, like as this is how people typically see mentoring. That is this, you know, hierarchical kind of relationship. And I see something similar in, in you to me, and I'm going to take you under yeah. my wing. But, you know, the problem yeah. with that is that it excludes, you know, that sort of totally. mentality favours the bold. It favours people that already have these networks. And actually, That's right makes mentoring for, for you know um makes it feel like it's an unaccessible proposition yes. when in fact you know i've always found that the best mentors that i've had particularly as a founder early on you know were just those people that were 12 or 18 months ahead you know you they can it. help you yeah. see around corners they've just gone through something you're about to you know that that's where really you know the nuggets of advice um come from i'll actually give you two a couple other examples just to build on what you said you know so uh, in my ceo role you know, um, Aaron Levy at Box, who's the CEO of Box, who's a well-known SaaS company. And it's been incredible. Not even like, by the way, not like him sitting and mentoring me, more like us just talking and yeah. like hearing how he thinks. And, you know, him, he, he's this incredible resilience to just keep going. Or I'll pick a name that's probably not as familiar. There's a woman named Rachel Carlson, who's the CEO of Guild Education. Guild is a company that's actually younger than Gainsight. Um, and Rachel's younger than me, but um, I've learned so much from her because she's gotten to do her company even in an even more modern way than we did because she only started, you know, five years ago, right? And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. There's this thing about like people that are on your journey, maybe a little bit further ahead, maybe the same level, and you can learn so much from them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so last sort of, I guess, just to wrap up around around this mentoring piece at an individual level, you know, I know from people in our community that they're often curious about how to go and, you know, go and connect with a mentor. And I'm sure you get approached all the time on, on LinkedIn. I'm curious just to know, you know, when you are approached, you know, how do you assess whether this is something you'll take on? I know you're very generous with your time, but you obviously can't mentor everyone. You know, from a mentor's perspective, what advice would you give people, you know, that are, that are going out and, and seeking mentorship in how to approach someone? That's interesting. One thing I would say is um, you probably don't start out with the message. Can you mentor me? Because that is a, like, it's a tough, like, it's like, a, it's sort of like on a first date proposing something yeah. to marry them. Uh, it's like, okay, yeah. you might want to save that for later. Exactly. So I, do, I do think it's like, it, you know, it's, you can ask, you know, for, you know, 20 minutes of time to just get your input on something. I think that um, one thing to not undersell is to share, okay, what can you bring to the table too? So, you know, it doesn't have to be positioned as a one-way street, you know, um, if somebody emailed me and said, Nick, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, I'm a you know, VP of customer success. I'm thinking about my next job. Um, I'd love to get your advice, but I also love to give you feedback on what I'm hearing from, you know, the, 
the needs of CS leaders in the market right now, right? And so I'll be like, oh, wow, great. Like I learned something, they learned something. That's awesome, you know? And so I think that type of like short conversation, build the relationship over time, two-way street. And then, and then just like in marketing, you know, you have that conversation, now nurture that person. What I mean by that is like, you don't have to just ask for another meeting right away. You can, you know, a month later, send them and send that person that, that you met a note saying, hey, I really enjoyed our conversation. I saw this article and I thought of you, right? It's that like ongoing relationship building that takes work. I think that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's sort of this term around, um, you know, funny, funny you mentioned about think about what you can offer as well, because it is about, you know, mentoring we view it as the best mentorships are reciprocal in nature. Totally. And, and I think, you know, it's also important for mentors to, you know, come with an element of vulnerability to the table here as well. Yes. Um, um, because, you know, that's obviously, you know, there's something here for you to learn too. You know, we've all got something to learn, we've all got something to teach, but, um, you know, it, it shouldn't just be viewed as a one-sided relationship. Love it. That's such a great, great way to say it. Well, Nick, uh, I think that's a wrap. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me uh, today and uh, on your on your on your walk. I'm so jealous of the sunshine uh, and, and you being out and about, but uh, you know, it's given me energy for the day ahead. So I've really oh, enjoyed chatting wow. with you, and we look forward to supporting Gainsight, you know, mentoring initiatives going forward. Thank you so much for inspiring people around mentorship, and thanks for being a great partner to us. And thanks for going with on a walk with me. So really enjoyed it.